welcome to an edition of Sartorial Talks, the podcast and the YouTube channel. We're really happy you're with us today because today is that day when you can sense a little bit of autumn in the air after a long, hot summer. We're here from our house in Bourgogne, France, and Hugo, my wonderful husband's right here beside me. Say hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, darling. How do you do? Great. And today we're going to talk about something a little different than usual. Normally we talk about what to do in classic style, but today mm -hmm. we're going to talk about mistakes in classic style. Yeah, and that's a good topic because uh, we learn by mistakes. We all know that. And But I must, before you start, darling, I must confess to everybody. First of all, we're happy it's not 100 Fahrenheit outside and not 45 Celsius. So we can be back in our double-breasted suits and we enjoy it so much. Uh, both of us are Chiffonelli bespoke today. We had uh, Lorenzo Chiffonelli. Just by chance. Yes, just by chance. And the second thing is that um, um, we are... Um, going to talk about something. Uh, when I prepare, this is our technique, when I prepare a topic, she doesn't really know what I'm preparing. And when she prepares a topic, uh, I know the global subject, but I have no clue about what she has as items on her list. So that's the spirit of tutorial talks. We want to have fresh, impromptu discussions on styles. And uh, I must say that when, when she speaks about mistakes not to do, we don't have the pretension to teach people anything. Who are we to teach you how to present yourself to others? But if we add our years of experience, you and me in the field, uh, we probably... Maybe uh, more than 20 years. More than 20 years. So we may have one or two ideas to share with That's you. That's true. Hugo really doesn't like the preachy... Um, no, I hate no, that. He does not like the do's and don'ts. He's no. never liked that. No. You know what? I don't really like it either, but I think it's fair to share our experience. Yes. And so let's see how it goes. Yes. You know, there, I think there's 11 of them, but, but the first one, and it doesn't count in the 11th, the first mistake, the biggest mistake, mm -hmm. I think, Yes. and, and we're going to get your opinion, in classic style is to be over fussy, okay. over obsessive about how you look. Okay. Well, um, could you define for us, because I'm not sure, you know, I'm French. I want to make sure I understand the definition of fussy. Uh, okay. Give us um, the idea, take an example of a man and explain okay. to how he is fussy. And I will put a little bit of music because I'm okay, sure it's going to yeah. be interesting. Let's go. I'll use the example of uh, Daniel Day-Lewis in the movie A Room with a View. It's mm -hmm. uh, Merchant Ivory production. It's, it's in Florence, it's right? Italy. It's based in Florence. Yes, that's the setting. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, from the 80s. I don't know. I'm saying 85, some, somewhere around there. Okay. He plays the character of Cecil. And Cecil is a very fussy man. And by fussy, I mean, when he gets ready, he will look his suit, he will look at his glasses, he'll see if he has any lint maybe on his shoulder, he will see if maybe he's got a wrinkle on his shirt. If he does, he'll remove his shirt and have it re-ironed. He will check to see if there's a hair out of place, and he will go so far that he, it makes you uncomfortable to know that he's uncomfortable. And this is precisely what we want to avoid discomfort, the removal of joy from getting dressed. Because mm. if you don't feel joy, it becomes what? A burden. 
Mm. Uh, well, that uh, well, my, my take on this is that this guy has a lot of time. First of all, you have to be an aristocrat to be like that. And secondly, uh, I guess he's a very rare person to be seen these days because most of people, they just jump in their sweatpants and on their flip-flops, take the T-shirt, the first on, on the pile and go outside. So more seriously, for the people who are classic style lovers like us, uh, well, it is something that specifically at the beginning of your journey... We like to say sartorial journey because it is a journey. It is not a destination. When you start to enjoy the fact to dress well, to go bespoke if you have the money for that, or even going custom and try to understand what you wear, I must admit, and I can confess for myself, that at the beginning of this journey, uh, sartorial journey, you can make mistakes. And one of the biggest mistakes is to overdo it. A little bit. That's true. And you know, when people decide they want to embrace classic style because they're buying less yes. over time yes. and they just almost can automatically get dressed because they have their they have their shirts, they have their suits, they have their sweaters, they have their vests, they have everything just there. And you can you can really get ready fast when you're into classic style. But but it's still a disease, even for us sometimes. Yes, that's true. We overly obsess. So what is the remedy? I think, personally, the re remedy is to actually change your attitude, mm -hmm. like have a higher latitude of attitude, if you will. And for me, I came to the conclusion that, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm in classic style. Yes. All I want Actually, you look super good today, darling. You, I must say. I mean, you look good every day, but well, specifically so today. Okay. Well, yeah, but yeah. I'm not just saying that. But, yeah. but all we have to do is... Remember, we want to get things done, yes, right, and we want to be approachable. Mm -hmm. So this, I say this in my head today. Okay, I'm dressed. I want to get things done, and I want to be approachable. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some mistakes. Maybe my face, maybe my face broke out. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm having a bad hair day. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have a little stain here. I can't do anything about it right now. Let it go. Be approachable. Feel approachability yeah. as part of who you are. Yeah. And this is my trick. What do you What do you do when you're obsessing? Well, I, I love what you just said. I think the key word about what you just said has been um, um, debated many times by Bruce Boyer and even by uh, Baldassare Castiglione when he wrote this, the book of the courtier yes. in, uh, I think it's in the 1570s. Uh, it's about nonchalance. It's about the uh, ability to feel okay with yourself and to feel comfortable. So, but once again, uh, let's not condemn people. Okay, me, I can give, I, I give my, let's take my example. When I take a subject, and that's my personality, I want to know everything about the subject. So when I, take the, when I started uh, to learn classic style 15 years ago, I wanted to know everything about the colors, about the, the, the shirt colors, about the, the, the tie knots, about the different kind of double-breasted vest and everything. And I had a tendency to overdo it and putting like two or three accessories, a tie bar and a tie and you know too many things and an handkerchief and and so many things so but sometimes it can come from a good intention also that is to say it's not only you you embrace this by passion the remedy to that is to be comfortable and that's maybe the first time you will mm. hear mr jacomet saying be comfortable because so focus on comfort well i mean you can be stylish while being comfortable and when you reach that 
difficult balance mm-hmm. to be extreme. I'm very comfortable right now. So you ask yourself, am I comfortable? Yes. And I like that. Or maybe I'll use that too. I like that. And comfortable with yourself. Mm-hmm. There's a, it's also a kind of a self-confidence. I don't want to, in France we say, to try to push open doors. You know, mm-hmm. We're not talking about self-confidence, but it has to do. Uh, probably with self-acceptance because when you overdo it when you are fussy this is the word in English it means exactly it means you're not sure of yourself and then you doubt and you gotta be okay with not being Exactly. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, for example, my hair a little bit long these days, but it's okay. And I should drink a little bit. Cosmas asked me idea. to drink, so I'm going to drink. Let's go to the... So let's go. Yeah. Let's hit the, the subjects that are easy to approach. This was more esoteric. This was more like a deep subject. These yeah. are not so deep subjects. Yes. I classified the first five as starting with S, just to remember in your mind. Yes. First thing. First mistake, stubby collar, stubby shirt collar. Mm-hmm. The tiny little collars where they create a big gap yeah. from here to here. Yeah. This is my pet peeve. This is something that you'll see in high fashion brands. Incredible. And you don't understand how they miss that because, come on, if you have a nice collar that has a length, you're not going to have a gap here. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have a flow of the silhouette. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing my collar out. Look at Hugo's collar. Well, you should have told me before, because if I knew there was your component number two, I would have put another collar. But no, this is but a this specific is a, case. This is when you glue it to your shirt. Yes. If your collar is smaller, yes. you're not really gluing it to your shirt. But mm-hmm. explain. Well, this your one is, uh, well, if you look at the video, this one has an hidden button. So uh, it allows me to have a small collar, but stick to the shirt. Exactly. But also it's a round club collar, English collar. But the rule of the thumb, and you will experiment it for yourself, is that when you choose a collar for your suit, make sure that the point of your collar goes slightly under your lapel. But when you look at all these advertisements now with this Little, not little. I don't even know the word. This is miniature colors with with the tie. The tie knot sometimes is is almost as big as the color. It is ridiculous. And women who um, wear ties, they make this mistake all the time. They don't know. Yeah, but it attracts your attention to something which people don't understand. Is that elegance and men's styles and anything around to look? It's all about proportions. Yes. And when you have this. Small colors. I, I've seen them. Yesterday, I was looking at TV, you know, and I was looking at these journalists. They supposedly well dressed on the on the channel where people they still wear a tie and and a suit, but they have these tiny colors. And they're not sticking at no, all. No, no. Yeah, and exactly. even uh, even uh, there's a big brown. I'm sorry, you know, has my start with my name Hugo and uh, then it's continue with a B Hugo B it, it, they featured this in their advertisement years ago. I don't know if they still do well it's maybe they it's do. shocking almost how yeah. they lack sartorial culture to feature stuff like that but well maybe we are becoming old and we prefer we've, old style since fashion day one we've always seen the break in the silhouette yes. with the short cut I, I agree now with you on this one super easy that probably every every um, show you've seen this is the mistake but you cannot not say it Short socks. 
Oh, yeah, but this is not negotiable. No, I it's mean, not. it's just a matter of good sense. When you cross your legs, uh, whatever you are, and uh, you show half of your calf, and then, well, thank God I don't have hair, too much hair on my calf. But when you share, when all of a sudden you see this beautifully dressed man who has a lot of charisma, but all of a sudden you see the hair on his calf, uh, I mean, the image is totally broken. Yeah, no short socks. Yeah, It's just not negotiable. I mean, in America, they like it over the calf. Us mm -hmm. in Europe, we even go as far as to the knee yes. directly. This is yes. a tradition, but honestly, short socks is to be banned. And that's probably one of the only thing which is non-negotiable for Truly. me. Truly. And this is not a sponsorship because we're not paid to say this, but you usually go to either Mechaussette Rouge or... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. We got some good people. Mechaussette Rouge, myredsocks.com. Yes, yeah. Fantastic people. Uh, Jacques et Vincent. We know them since they're born. And we like also uh, Massimiliano Bracciani. He's in, he's in Italy. I think he's distributed places. by by uh, Mechaussette Rouge. Mechaussette Rouge, uh, it's a very interesting uh, shop. Once again, no sponsoring, it's just our friends. Um, they uh, decided one day, because oh, it's, a, it's a funny story. Uh, in the Vatican, in Rome, uh, there's a tradition. Um, you have um, um, the, the tailor of the Pope and of the clergy, you say clergy? Uh, it's called Gamarelli. And they produce, you know, the robes for the cardinals and all the dignitaries of the Catholic Church in, uh, in Rome. And uh, the tradition is that the priests are wearing black socks, that the cardinals of very high in the hierarchy are, are wearing purple socks, and only the Pope has the right to wear Red Sox. And those two young men had this brilliant idea to say, what if we go to this uh, maker, Gamarelli, in Rome and ask him uh, if we have the right to distribute Red Sox, that is to say, the socks of the Pope made wow. by the maker that makes that actually makes the socks for the Pope, and it became... And they a, said yes. Yes, they and it's yes. a worldwide That's success, crazy. and now yeah. I think it's one of the biggest uh, online shop for socks in the world. It's called mechaussettesrouge.com. I think it's myredsocks.com in English, but right. I'm not sure. You can check for that. And there's huge selections of socks of different... I can't color. help but say yes. they have this crazy Willy Wonka sock machine. That they're making socks there on. Oh on yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is the socks. only place in the world that you can. So if you're in Paris, oh, it's called bespoke socks. Uh, bespoke socks. You crazy. can choose your pattern, and they they knit the socks in front of yeah. you. This is crazy. And yeah. they're they're long enough. Yeah, yeah. Nice people, so, honestly. Nice uh, young entrepreneurs. I, what I'm doing, moving on, is I'm mixing up the simple things with the more complex things. Yes. The next thing that's a huge mistake is when men and women with suits raise the notch. Very high, mm. so they look taller. Yeah. What happens? They suddenly have wings to fly, and it's really strange. And I don't think they understand that when you raise a notch, your lapel should not come up so high that you have little wings. Mm. So, well, this you is, did this a few times. Yeah, I did. I did this. Uh, I had my years, let's say, you about did. that. But mm -hmm. well, um, you are mixing very basic thing with very advanced. This is. Kind of an advanced. We're not yes. just talking to beginners, okay. and we're not just talking to gurus. We're okay. talking to different people. Okay. So the rule, um, Sonia is explaining here, is that there's a rule when you are a sh short man or a short woman. Uh, you, the notch is this part. So if you are on YouTube, I show you. The notch is this part. This is where the, the, the part of your lapel is breaking into two parts. Yeah. And so the rule is that when you are short, raise this 
nudge as high as you can on the shoulder so that it will stretch your silhouette. The problem is that applying this rule uh, has been somebody, some people, and me included, I must admit, have been, because I'm not very tall, uh, I'm, I'm 1 meter 79, I don't know how they translate, 5 foot? Uh, a little over 5'10". And I still have a lot of problem you with the feet and the, you know, yeah. the, of the so imperial system. Yeah, Sometimes. so I'm 5'10", so I wanted to raise, and it, it works very well, but sometimes I went a little bit far, and I've, uh, with, with my notch very high on the shoulder, and that's becoming ridiculous, because because the point of my pick, pick lapel will literally go above my yes. shoulder and I look like Batman you all of a sudden. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay. So I confess I did it, but now I'm becoming more wise. You are. So next, this is a simple one. Do we say more wise or wiser? Either one. Oh, wow. My English is improving. So next, let's go to a simple one. Yes. Okay? Remember when uh, seven or eight years ago, everyone in classic style was saying, fit is everything. It's got to fit. Your suit's got to fit. It's all about fit. Okay. We took it so far that some men started wearing superhero tight suits. It <laughs> yeah. almost looked like they were wearing um, wrestling That's uniform right. onesies. Yeah. So this is a no, no. It has to fit, but don't look like a superhero. Mm, I agree. Uh, well, I, I must confess, once again, I've been quite far in this, on this road. The problem with this is that when you are going too tight with your feet, that is to say really, really f hyper-fitted, uh, well, if you just eat one um, tranche of rillette, for example, in France, or one piece of camembert, this is what we love, or you have one uh, pizza in America, or you have a good bottle of wine with some, you know, good fat pot au feu, you know, that we love to eat, all of a sudden your suit starts to be uh, tried out. to unwearable. Unwearable. So, yeah, and on top of that, I think that now more and more, uh, the um, I hate to say the trend. I mean, but the sensibility of the of the time is to be more comfortable now yeah, and to be more like we call Hollywood more drape. Yeah, you know, that's more right. so. Yes, don't be overfitted, but dress uh, according to your size because don't go the other extreme, which oh, is like you're wearing your big grandfather's suit exactly, and it's exactly. obvious something's wrong. Now, That's once right. again, it's, I'd say, I think as being reasonable, balance is everything. Exactly. Okay, but I don't dislike being superhero one, from time to time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so now we're going back to more sophisticated mm -hmm. point. Mistake. Remember, we're talking about classic style. Can mistakes. I put a little bit of music Go behind? Ahead. Okay. Oh, I love Let's it. Let's do when a nuance put, with this one. Okay. nuance. Okay. And you don't know what I'm going to say, so... Right now, I'm going to talk about... I like because when I put music, she changed her voice a little I'm bit. I'm going to talk about something that every man and woman in classic style should know. It's a term called button stance. Sounds fancy. It's very simple. It simply means where your working button on your jacket is positioned. Mm -hmm. The men's style, even women's style mistake, I see so often that people aren't even aware of is the button stance is placed so high. Too high. It almost merges with the nipples on the chest. It almost <laughs> looks like a muumuu yeah. if it were a dress. If you guys don't know what a muumuu is. No, just, what is a muumuu? It's, it's uh, like when you have a, a lot of weight on you. Yeah. Your, your waist could come all the way up to here, and then it's just free-flowing fabric. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so that button stance 
where you button your jacket should be located somewhere around your navel or where your navel may actually exist when you come out of your mother, hmm. where your navel, navel may actually exist on your body. Yeah. Make sure the button stance is somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. around it. It can be a little bit above your navel. You don't have to be as... Because oh, the navel can be can be uh, different parts depending on your body yeah, proportions. Do you know, have you seen men, have they ever... Really long torso and little short legs. Yes, yes. Okay, so if they raise that button, that working button, up pretty far above their navel, it can mm. really balance their entire yeah, body. Yeah. So this is my men's style mistake that I see very often. You can specifically in people who wants to um, who are um, trying to dress with some kind of a. Okay, let's let's face it. A real um, uh, tailor will never make this mistake. A, a bespoke tailor who, who really knows what he's doing and understands the proportion. But if you go to a custom salon, sometimes they work with blocks that are pre-prepared. And sometimes they miss this fundamental point. Where do you put your buttoning button, the button, button stand, the working button? That is, you understand that when you have... Let's be, me, I'm double-breasted here today, but if you have a single-breasted, uh, let's say, two-button uh, jacket, you only use the top one. You never button the last one. And the, this is the working button. And you have to be careful because she's right. Some people... Um, looking to be as stylish as possible, they raise it so high that it looks kind of ridiculous. So button stance is a very underrated element and mostly overlooked by many, many so-called professionals. And even in ready-to-wear, this is the first time, you know, just use your eyes and you will see if proportionally it is good or not. And I, I need to make a call out to some of our experts Mm-hmm. We're listening today yes. because I have noticed, and believe me, I've looked at thousands, thousands of pictures of, of men and women in classic style yes. outfits. And what I want some of you out there who really know the trade to, to comment on is the double-breasted button stance. Because even some of the best tailors out there, I've noticed with the yeah. double-breasted suit, We'll put the working button very high. Mm-hmm. So I'm, it's a call out for you gurus out there to make a comment in the comment section. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. But at the same time, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Actually, me, I love, you know, my favorite double breasted is the Chiffonelli 6 on 1 because it's a real 6 on 1. And the line of buttoning is a little bit higher, but it's yeah, a but 6 it's on 1. It's fantastic. You do have a summer uh, suit from, from Naples with a very high double Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I agree. This is more for advanced people who are already understand yeah. what it is a buttoning but yes you're right you have yes. to be careful not to go too high yeah, with uh, even on a six on two six on two for the people who don't know this is six button with two who are uh, functioning exactly. and then uh, six on one is the same thing but only one is functioning excellent now let's go to something very simple yes we're going sophisticated simple we want to reach everybody yeah okay shoes that need attention this is a huge style mistake Ah, you're the best. You are always taking care of your shoes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm not a, don't do as good of a job as well as you do. You mean you? So, yeah. And so right. I'm, I'm asking you to help me out a little bit. But, but when you go out and your shoes are worn out, ah, all that effort, and then you're wearing worn out shoes mm. that need attention, you've just basically 
uh, lost your time. Well, this is like the short socks. It's non-negotiable. You just don't go outside if you're, you don't have decent shoes. So share your polishing secret because you do it in three, oh, three I, I minutes. Oh, I'm not, I'm not a polishing expert at all. I'm yeah, not, but no, you I'm do not. it in three minutes. You use the well, sapphire moisture cream. Yeah, but I should really, really, you have to go to see some like the Shoe Snob blog, for example, yes, or, or some Kirby, uh, Allison. Kirby Allison YouTube is doing lessons on that. He's doing some Sunday shoe shining. There are experts. Me, I'm just uh, I'm just a renegade on that. I do something very fast. I'm using uh, the fabulous products from Safir. Once again, no advertisement here, but this is a French company. Uh, We need to support our local producers. Safir is a fantastic brand. Safir. Safir. S A P H R I R. And you're using a lot of moisturizing lotion. Yeah, it's called the Creme Universelle, Universal Cream, and this is a cream which is very interesting because it has a tendency to remove all the former um, you know accumulations of uh, of, of shush of wax mm-hmm. of uh, of creams and uh, but normally when I'm really in a hurry I just put a little bit of a creme universelle mm-hmm. and I just uh, let let it let uh, my shoe um, dry for one or two minutes and then I brush it you're putting your whole body into yeah it. yeah yeah you brush it with a with a with a shining it? brush and then I go outside but look at uh, the shoe snub look at Kirby Allison you you're gonna find this is non-negotiable your shoes have to be impeccable you see you notice the rhyme this is non-negotiable your shoes has to be impeccable very good very good i should have become a poet i don't know um, maybe sort of are okay now let's go to a little more technical one but everybody needs to know this men's style women's style mistake giant armholes mm-hmm. in the jacket yep. huge mistake yeah Oh, you speak in the microphone, the darling, because you say huge mistake. I know is so because far from I'm so moved by this point. Make sure the armholes mm-hmm. when you try on a jacket or commission one mm. are not too big. Because what happens, you go when the armholes are too well, big? Well, it's easy to understand. I mean, it's um, it's one of the basic of men's style, and I mean. Basic, but you have to understand. It's, it's easy to understand. Um, it's, it's mainly in ready to wear. You have to check. This is probably one of the first things you have to check is the height of the hole. Okay, me, well, I'm dressing bespoke today like Sonia, so we have chiffonelli. So the armhole is extremely high. And uh, so it means it's a small armhole. The armhole, this is where uh, the position where the, the sleeve is attached to the suit. So this one is extremely high, probably amongst the highest in. On the in the market, on in the world, and so move your yes. Arms and, and so when you move your, you have a small arm hole, arm hole, which is very high. You move your arm, and you see my suit doesn't move. Now, if I do the same with a big arm hole that is g- coming very, very low, when I do this, my suit will do this with me. Okay, yes. so I've seen so many people giving lectures on stage, oh, exactly. and on then stage. when they raise their their hands like that, uh, maybe they're preachers or maybe they are doing a lecture. They're very passionate. They can be even extremely entertaining, even and all a of a sudden, a politician. politicians. And when they do this, you see the whole the suit whole doing that. Comes up and, over the head. Yeah, and this is ridiculous. So that's and that's easy, my friends, to notice. A high armhole is, or a small sleeve head is the same thing, can make a huge difference just because you are, and on top of that, people have a false belief that it's the same when they are dressing too big. Dress with your side, but when you have a, a, a bigger armhole, you feel more comfortable, but uh, in fact, uh, this is not true. When you have right. a small armhole, you feel a little bit 
more uh, structured in your, um, how do you say, in your allure, in your, in your stance, but uh, you have more freedom of movement. You tend to stand up straighter, you command the room more, and yeah, okay, yeah. I, I think we made the point. As Chifonelli, Lorenzo Chifonelli said uh, uh, at this microphone a few weeks ago, he said, this is a paradox. Bespoke tailoring, you can have a jacket where an artisan will have been working 80 hours, putting so much work on it, so much you know, fittings and everything, and then the ultimate goal is that you forget your jacket because you're so comfortable in it. I honestly, I don't feel I'm wearing a suit right oh, now. The, so the comfortable. Is, it's insane, yeah. yeah. Because you can the movement range of movements. Exactly, so easy. high arm hold, very important. Next one. Yes. Simple one. We're going sophisticated, simple. Simple one. Uh, we're not going to keep saying don't match your tie with your pocket square because we said it so many times. So. What no. about the cheap, tacky tie? Someone's getting ready. They're just in classic style. They're looking for a tie. Uh, there's a tie drawer that's been there probably for years. So they mm. just go and pull out a tie. They have a yeah. wedding. Or maybe they're going somewhere. Mm. And they just put it on, and this cheap tie ruins everything. Mm. What are the standards for a tie? In your well, opinion? I would say go for, um, this is open your eyes, first of all, and also train your hand. Uh, the thing for a tie is that you have the ability to touch. You can immediately touch. For avoid by all means all this kind of polyester, mm. all this kind of you know fake. You know, go for silk or for a blend of wool and silk. But silk is the king. Mm. It's the queen. I don't know if if it's a man or a woman in English, <laughs> because in French in silk French, is a woman. A woman. But uh, yeah, silk is is the king of of uh, of um, of the fabrics for a tie. There's Second also... thing, I would say that um, um, well, let's be straight. Um, a beautiful tie under fifty euros or fifty dollars is suspicious. Because the price of the raw material is so important. Unless of you're course, vintage, of course. Yeah, yeah of course, of course. Uh, and you can find, uh, uh, you know, on eBay or mm -hmm. whatever from vintage. That's another subject. Mm -hmm. But I mean, for a new tie around 40, 50 euros, don't, don't be uh, greedy on that. Because I've seen people buying extravagantly expensive garments and those be a little bit cheap on the tie this is uh, no this is not right but there's something very important is that never buy a tie on the because you 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 find it lovely on the rack and that's another i can add to your mistake because that's a mistake i made Sometimes I look at the tie on the rack and i said oh my god that's a wonderful tie and then i buy it and then, stupid enough, yes, I mean, so it's impossible to happened. wear it because it goes with nothing. And then on the reverse, you see a tie and say, what? Is there somebody it. in the world who's buying that piece of crap? This is really bizarre. You know, the, the, it's, it's un, you know, with some weird patterns and colors. Right? Exactly. And you put it on. Guess what? It works. And it works. And, oh, Dan from, um, Dan Costa from urban ties yes sometimes he we we say daniel i don't know how you know uh, his name is dan dan costash is yeah, from romania we say, send us some ties because yeah. your curation skills yeah. freak us out they're so good so he will pick five ties yeah we don't know what he's gonna send us that's right it's like getting a, a stylist or something yeah but yeah. and then 
you're you're like, oh, what is this? This is so strange. But then you end up wear, wearing the tie a lot. Mm, this one Very is from Nicola Radano. Yeah, uh, for the, the people who are looking uh, on uh, YouTube, this is, a, this is a beautiful threefold tie. But yes. this is a real artisanal tie because you can see inside. I know if I can see, look at the camera. You can see, you see, you can see the... Oh, look the, at that. Look, the interlining. So you can see this is handmade yes. tie, you know? So it's not finished. And it's beautiful. This is, a, this is silk. Uh, yeah, look, this is quality. This is beautiful. not expensive. Yeah. I think it's around 60 or 70 euros. Uh, this is so from Japan. This is fantastic. I love This is from Kenji Kaga. Yes, yes. Uh, Kenji Kaga is our friend. Uh, I think tie. he has... Um, the company is called Sevenfold or Tie Your Tie Florence. Yes. Uh, a fantastic... Uh, Again, this, these aren't sponsors at all. We're no, 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 because you are wearing tie your tie Japan. I'm wearing Nicola Radano Spaka Neapolis. We spoke about the urban tie, our friend Dan Kostash in Romania. Curator. There's also Howard's in Paris who's doing magnificent it's ties, right. our friend Frédéric Costa. Hello, Frédéric. There's many, many, many good That's people true. in this. Uh, Calabrese, of course, in oh, Naples. Yeah, uh, yeah. Francesco, uh, Annalisa. Hello, Petronius, Annalisa. Uh, Petronius in Milano. Extraordinary people. It's interesting because because the, everybody say the Thai market is plunging, it's over, and we have these fantastic creators and the beautiful Thai artisans. Yes, truly, truly. and the beautiful Thai can change your life. Let's I'm becoming very dramatic, but Let's it's true. Let's move to a sophisticated. Okay, so I'm going to put a little bit of music maybe for okay, the sophisticated. Yes, this is not very sophisticated what I'm going to say, but leave the music anyway. So you go to lunch uh, with a group of people. And it's a classic style lunch. And suddenly, when everyone sits down, you notice a few people at the table have jackets which tend to start <laughs> climbing up over the, the top of their heads. And you can't stop looking at the back of their jackets because it's eating their head. Mm. And it's a very strange thing to see. And this is a style mistake, I would say. Mm -hmm. And you know what you can do to prevent it? No. Remember the term sitting fitting? Yes. Whenever you buy a jacket, whenever you get one uh, from a tailor, of course. you sit down to check your jacket. And if you see the back of the jacket coming up over your head, obviously there is an error in the way that's been crafted. L ladies and gentlemen, my wife is a style encyclopedia. <laughs> She's a style that. guru. We've been... I, I agree with you. That's, this is the reverse of the color gap. This is the other problem, mm -hmm. that when you have too much fabric on the back, mm -hmm. and uh, this is where bespoke tailoring is so good because you avoid this. This is the first thing a good tailor will look is if you don't have too much fabric. Look, this is a chiffonelli bespoke. It's perfect. It's sticking to my, to my color. And even when I'm sitting, it doesn't overwhelm me. I've seen politicians in some... TV debates literally being eaten when they sit down. <laughs> yeah, by their suit. And it, it's, it's unbelievable how there's nobody on the set to tell them, hey, hey, man, your, your suit is eating you. You know, yes. just, just this, is, this, is not the, this is not the suit who is wearing you, it's you are wearing the suit normally. <laughs> and this is something, so yeah, be very careful. And even in ready to wear, make sure you don't have uh, an excess of fabric in the back. Just this sit is, down and look in the mirror. Yes. It's not complicated. And she's right. The solution is it's what we call a sitting fitting. Sit, fit, sitting fitting. And even if you are at a bespoke tailor, ask him to do a sitting fitting to see if your, uh, if your jacket really stays in the same place when you are seated. 
I have to ask you to do the collar gap talk for me because that is the other huge mistake when you don't look for a collar gap well, and you buy a jacket mm. and then you've made a huge mistake and wasted a lot mm. of money. Explain the collar gap, please. Well, I mean, this is a drama. Oh, I was about to put music, but well, okay. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, I mean, no, I mean, let's be serious. We, okay. we, we're going to speak about drama. Uh, we speak about men's style. Nothing is catastrophic here. There's much more important subject in the world. But still, it is important when you really take this path seriously, it has, it can pay great dividends in your life. Okay. Now, well, you're, color you're, gap. You're investing. Exactly. So color gap, what is a color gap? And I say it's a drama. It's probably the drama of men's style all over the world, even among the most famous brands, I've seen color gaps all around the place, everywhere, even on advertisement. You say, come on, how can this brand, they put millions on an advertisement, they have stylists and designers and so-called tailors and, and, and models that cost hundreds of thousands, and you see a guy with with a gap, they used to, to say, I have to, to raise my head, you know, with, with this color, that, that, with a gap between the shirt color and the, the, the show it with your, okay, you I'll can't really, it. yeah, it. I, it's like yeah, this. it's like that, you know, there's okay, a space between the color like of the jacket and your color of the shirt. No color gap, that means like this, you know, it has to stick. And this is open, well, I mean, you're going to be obsessed, I'm sorry for People you. Get they get obsessed. They get obsessed, but you're going to see color gaps all the time. And I bet if you don't know, you're going to go to your closet and start putting on jackets and looking to yes. see if you have one. That's what I do. Yes, That's yes. What I but do. it's a sign also of recognition when, when you see people without a, a color gap. It's a code. It's a code. When you look at somebody who has no color gap, you can immediately say, this guy is tutorially advanced. You know he knows. Know. He's in the know. Well, even the politician, even the president of my country, he has color gaps. Even the president of the United States, he has color gaps. Even the, yeah, even the candidates of the presidency, they have color gaps. C can somebody say to these people, please stop wearing suits with color gaps? Actually, historically, okay, this is not a very funny story, but historically, the aristocrat were calling this the proletarian gap because they say these people don't have the means to go to the tailor and so there were suits that are not fitted to them so they have this mm -hmm. big gap, okay? But yeah. now today, even the most expensive browns Sometimes they still have a color gap. Most people won't talk about that because no. we don't want to um, degrade anybody because of how much money they have. And this so, is embarrassing. Yeah, it's embarrassing to even say that. But yeah. it, that's just a part of history. Yeah, but now you can go and buy a ready-to-wear suit or a second-hand suit having altered by a tailor for you a few hundred dollars and have no color gap. That's and this is for us, this is the absolute drama of men's style and... Please, I would love to see less color gaps. This is so important for your elegant. It changed everything. Exactly, exactly. So, let's move to an easy Cheers. one. Cheers. Cheers. I'll drink water as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, normally we should not drink together at the same yeah. time. This is what <laughs> yeah, we do, but we are, we are at so home. It's impromptu. Yeah. So, let's go to an easy one. Next time we're going to put wine. I bet you, I don't know how many shows you're watching on YouTube, but I wonder if you've heard this one. Okay, my, one of my top noticeable 
men's style, women's style mistakes is with what I call the clashing belt. Okay. Mm. You know what a clashing belt is? Mm-hmm. It's a belt that doesn't go well with your shirt or with your trousers. I'm talking Always about, your shoes. Well, everyone, you wear that's, a, the, that's the, I don't believe that. People say, match your belt with your shoes. I'm saying, no, <laughs> match your belt either with your shirt, or if you're wearing a darker shirt, of course, you're not going to have a white belt, it would be ridiculous, or with your trousers. Say you're wearing gray trousers, have a dark gray belt. What does this do? Why would you do that? Well, if you don't, you're going to have a tri-color show in the middle of your body. So you have, say, a white shirt, you have a red belt, and you have gray trousers. You're going to see a big line going horizontally across the body, which cuts the silhouette in half. Mm -hmm. Use some discretion when you use a belt. I see that as one of the main style mistakes in destroying a silhouette. Mm. I have nothing to add because, you know, darling, I'm not wearing belts. You don't wear belts. I never wear belts. It's just what because... What do you do instead? Well, it's just because, first of all, I don't wear belts because, as you just said, I have the... Maybe it's a belief, but I, I think I'm, I'm... I can say my eye is quite trained now. And I really, really uh, believe that it cuts the silhouette in two. And uh, specifically when it's contrasted and just what you explained, it puts some kind of a horizontal line, horizontal line, sorry, in the and middle of your body. body. But on the other hand, I can understand that some people love belts. It's, I can saw be, a beautiful example recently. Someone had a, a black uh, sweater on uh, underneath a suit and they had a black belt. Yes. And then gray trousers. That was really nice. Yes. Because it all blended and flowed. Yeah, yeah. When you say don't match your belt with your shoes, well, I said yes and no, because at the same time, don't put, um, uh, it's easy to understand, open your eyes. If you have brown shoes, don't put a black belt, because oh, they well. will, of course. Unless you have a black shirt. Well, I mean, and we'll see. It's, it's, it's I'm not a professional not on a that. Die, I mean, everyone's heard that all their lives, but I don't think it's a diehard rule. Well, the only thing I, the only belt I've been wearing in my life was when uh, we have this young uh, Florian Sirvin who used to be the, mm. the head of the Francesco Smalto Atelier That's and he right. took this from Francesco Smalto himself mm. when he was still alive. Francesco Smalto uh, was m- making the belt with the same uh, fabric as uh, the pants so that if people wanted to wear a belt, uh, the belt was literally fading with the, the trousers and it was the best effect. But once again, I am not a professional of that because I prefer yeah. side adjusters. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the little things you have with a loop on the side of your pants. And I start to prefer suspenders You're because, well, I mean, I love them because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes you, you feel really maintained yes. uh, and uh, you feel good. It's, it's not, you know, well, and, and on top of that, uh, why I like suspenders is when you remove your jacket, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it happens to Hugo Jacome uh, to remove his jacket because sometimes it's too hot. By the way, I recorded um, a talk show with uh, Stefan Jimenez, one of the best bootmakers and shoemakers in the world, and I was in my shirt because it was 110 outside, so I couldn't stand um, a jacket. But still, uh, it's uh, interesting because when you remove your jacket, suspenders create some kind of a 
cool effect on your uh, on your um, uh, outfit generally. So my wife, she's um, I'm a little bit unsettled now because she put her paper down. So does it mean because we're going to move to the last point? And oh, then okay. In a future episode, we'll talk about what other people call style mistakes, but we don't consider them to be mistakes. So last one. Yes. Too many accessories. Yeah. And how many times have we held events and people come with, I don't know, eight or nine accessories <laughs> into their, their suit? Yeah. And this is a really common style mistake. It's our final point. Yes. It's so simple to correct because you're just removing accessories. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to say on this? Well, point? in front we call this uh, Christmas tree. Yeah, when yes. uh, somebody has too many accessories, say, you look like a Christmas tree. Yes. Well, once again, it can be a mistakes of uh, the young people who really want to... Give it you the know, best effort. Well, yes. I mean, it's fun to have a tie pin and a tie bar and, and a handkerchief and a pocket square and a hat. And a hat. Yes. And, and, but sometimes, well, you'll see that the more... I think it's, this rule is maybe applied to many things in life. I think the more you age, the more you 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 become more experienced. And I don't want to say that experience is everything. I mean, the youth can be a really interesting oh, and somehow taking, natural flair. Yeah, you don't and know where it comes from. Taking risks, you know, and, and taking chances and even mixing things. And even me, I'm very uh, sometimes surprised, you know, when those people can break the rules and still make it. But the rule... Rule of thumb is that, well, now you will, if you reach a certain level in your sartorial journey, don't look at what you can add when you go outside the door. Look what you can remove. And, uh, well, if you only have a pair of pants, don't remove your pants, of course. But if you have two or three accessories, I would say rule of thumb, two accessories is more than sufficient. If they're discreet, maybe three. But I would never, maybe I three. Look at what we are wearing, for example, today. You have uh, this beautiful a lapel, pin. A lapel pin and this beautiful neckwear. I guess this maybe almost uh, the glasses. Oh, but the glasses, three. baby, you, you, you need them to read your paper your and, uh, and uh, yeah. to have your notes, so oh, it's okay. It's debatable. Is it and me, I have a, uh, well, I have a, just a pocket square. And a, and a tie, and that's it. That's it. Yes. Not, nothing else. So, right. uh, well, sometime I would have a few years ago, I would have had a, a lapel jewelry and a tie bar and everything. Yeah. So that's. It's just. It's just. We don't want to go in this kind of stupid less is more and blah blah blah. But at the same time, I think that uh, try to think. It's all about balance. It's exactly. all about. And once again. M- you have to be to be happy with yourself. After all, if you prefer to be over accessorized, do it. You know, it's just classic style must if you're remain a the dandy, pleasure. For example, yeah. that's sort of the trademark of a dandy. So, so you can't go that far. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. This, this rounds out our points of the main classic style mistakes. Yes. The next episode I'd like to do is to address what other people say are mistakes, but. We don't think they're so bad. Uh, give me one or two examples to just uh, give me a, a flavor of what you want to speak about. For example, short tie versus long tie. You know, we, oh, short people, tie versus long tie, yeah, yeah. Some people say that tie has to fall right in the middle. Of the <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's a teaser. We saved this yeah. for another episode. And a, another example, uh, for example. Oh, you won't stop. Yeah, yeah, just, just because I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. For example, yeah, me, I have one. 
I was one of the guys who said, I I all, n- yeah, never, I never, never, never have your loafers sockless, yes. you know, without the socks. Okay. And when it's, so, when it's 104 outside, I enjoyed uh, wearing uh, some sockless. But that's another story. I just wanted to say, I just wanted to... Um, I learned Latin for a couple of years when I was young, and I remember that there's a few formulas I remembered. Yes. That everything we just said, except the short socks, except the color gap, and except maybe I don't remember uh, one of the items that are non-negotiable, but for the rest, specifically, uh, don't go too far into rules. For example, the rules about patterns, the rule about, you know, don't mix the check with the stripes, don't do this, don't do that. I'm not a big fan of do and don'ts because I like, and I have to take my paper, I like this, uh, you said a Latin locution, you say that? A Latin locution is called exceptio probat regulam in casibus non exceptis. I do it again. Exceptio probat regulam in casibus non exceptis means in French l'exception qui confirme la règle and in English exception that proves the rule. That in many things in men's style like in many subjects in life sometimes you have to break the rules. And so many people said to, like for example no brown in town. This is ridiculous. Because people say oh you don't have to wear brown shoes in town after 6 o'clock. Why? Because they're referring to an era where the gentleman had a farm and were coming in town only at night. So it's an it's another era where the aristocrats were having this rule. But it doesn't apply to us. I'm sorry, I don't have a farm and I don't go to hunting during the day and I don't change three times, even if I change sometimes two times, but I don't change three or four times like in uh, downtown Abbey. Right. This was from this era. So be careful with all these rules and don't go too much in the do and don'ts because the first rule in, in um, classic style is uh, uh, take pleasure. This has to remain... This is the beginning of the talk. Yes. It has to be a joy. A joy. It's a pleasure. Uh, enjoy yourself. Take your risks. Make your mistakes. And don't listen too much to all the preachers who are telling you what to do and not to do. Amen. Oh, thank you, darling. So uh, you did the introduction. I'm going to do the yes. conclusion. We give you another appointment to the next episode. You have to look at the middle camera, darling. Yes, I am. Uh, we give you an appointment to the next episode of Sotorial Talks, the podcast, and the YouTube channel. And for now, everybody, cheers. cheers.